0: It's rare in this world to find something that is so empirically clear, you know, Yeah. where it's like asparagus pee is like, it's like, oh, I eat asparagus and my pee smells like this. Like, it's Mm -hmm. like a, a, it's an if then situation beyond what we get. Like, it it almost feels like it was made up. You know what I mean? Like, it's like a, within a story.
1: You know, the whole thing of like, do I see blue the same way everyone else sees blue, blah, blah, blah. I think every asparagus pee is the same smell, right? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I'll absolutely. I'll admit, I've never walked into a bathroom after someone peed and thought like, ooh, asparagus. But I think every time I bring it up with someone and they're like, yeah, yeah, asparagus pee. I think it's we're talking about the exact same quality of scent. I wonder
0: if it is like a mercur- mercurial thing, though, right? Like it's mm-hmm. like that—that that sense is so fleeting, right? Like it's not like it's lingering.
1: I, but I mm-hmm. guess that this, well, you, yeah, no, I
0: don't know. It doesn't wild,
1: linger. It definitely doesn't linger. But it doesn't linger.
0: All right, I guess
1: I don't know. Should we get into yeah, it? Yeah, this is good a place to start as any, I suppose. Welcome uh, to the Hegelian Friendship Simulator, the podcast where we tackle the entirety of the existence together, one Wikipedia article at a time. That was pretty podcasty, right? That's right. <laughs> was that got yeah, uh, All right. You, you, well, I mean... I'm.
0: Yeah, that's perfect. Uh, I will let you know though that I am joined today uh, by my co-host Alex Virgil, mm-hmm. uh, who is. Uh, you know, his inciting speech was responsible for the hockley bus riots in Singapore in nineteen fifty five. Okay. His I, claim to fame.
1: I was really hoping you'd bring that up because obviously <laughs> yes, I was instrumental in the riots uh in nineteen fifty five, which, you know, was as that was a long time ago. So obviously, you know, people always ask me about it. I get stopped on the street every day. You know, I'll be walking down the street and uh you know in LA and someone would be like hey you're the you're the Singapore guy right 1955 you're the Hockley guy Hockley bus riots 1955 yeah yeah. Yeah, 19 that was you right and and I always never know how I should respond to that because the world has changed so much since you know I made that speech um it's so funny because you're gonna you're gonna love my uh the article that I chose (laughs) Um, but of course it's the Hockley bus (laughs) rides because I don't like making this podcast about myself but (laughs) (laughs) let me tell you about something I did um and of course I am joined today by as always by John Miklis who if I'm not mistaken was the uh first man to lead a dog sled team across the entirety of Antarctica yeah, you know, here's the thing people get wrong about Antarctica is that,
0: um, in fact, only a very, very small portion of it is actually on land. Oh. The rest is, um, is a glacial
1: glacial ocean.
0: So everything I've
1: heard my whole life about it being like the biggest continent stuff, that's all malarkey.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. What, what do you think? You, you, we think Santa's Workshop's there too?
1: Don't tell don't believe everything that that you hear on the news, okay? On right. the news media. You're absolutely right. Just like how Greenland is like possibly three islands or some shit. Antarctica is actually like yeah. the size of you know, well, not to bring it back to myself, but the size of Singapore.
0: Yeah, it's a little bit smaller than Singapore to be honest. <laughs> yeah, um, well, we are your hosts. Well, we are your hosts. Uh this is this is, uh, I think, what we are officially calling Episode 1. Because, yes. Because um, the episode titled Proof of Concept is, in fact, Episode 0. Yes. Uh, it was a good episode, but at the same time, uh, we are diving right into the abyss here with,
1: yeah. uh, with we're Episode humble 1. Enough, we're humble enough to know that our first try wasn't going to be immediately striking gold on how how the structure of this works i think we're humble enough to think the second one is going to be where we absolutely nail
0: yeah exactly our humility ends at one at you one. Know, i mean i think at the end of the day uh we expect this to be the perfect podcast episode and um if it is not uh you're wrong not us no, we, we have a very very specific script on this mm-hmm. uh, it is down to a science mm-hmm. we've done about 90 minutes of podcasting and so therefore we are experts uh and so we humbly humbly ask you to go fuck yourself if you do not like this episode yeah Uh, so that that's where we're at
1: something's wrong with
0: you uh but but i guess it should be it would behoove us to um to explain the point of the hegelian friendship simulator um Welcome, I think the title all, says it all, to,
1: personally. I think the title explains yeah,
0: it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. If you don't get it from the title, then I don't, I don't know what's wrong with you. That's you know? on you. Um, that's on you. Uh, but So basically, here we are. We are um, on a mission to uh, learn yes. every single piece of information that exists on Wikipedia. Uh, yes. And we will be coming here weekly to express... And teach and describe those articles mm-hmm. and any articles that may be intertwined with it. Yeah, and uh, and we are we are first and foremost an educational podcast.
1: Yes, that comes first. Second, We're gonna be kids are gonna be watching this in classrooms. Listening yeah. to this in classrooms. S- second and second most, mm.
0: we are a podcast devoted to the um, perception of chemical imbalance by nature of alcohol and sometimes yeah. marijuana, depending on,
1: the, depending on proclivity. Yeah. I'm still uh, a little, I'll admit, I'm, I'm humble enough to admit that I have a little bit, I got to get a little more comfortable and cocky about the whole process before I start imbibing another thing. <laughs> but uh, uh, there will be a day when it's my it's energy gets really low and you'll know. Yeah, exactly.
0: Once we, once we uh, take shrooms and watch Paul Verhoeven movies on the podcast, then you know.
1: You'll, know. you'll know we're doing the shroom episode when I'm talking, but slapping my knee in 5-4 time. <laughs> and there's no indication that it's 5-4. I don't emphasize every 5, but you'll know.
0: <laughs> you'll know. You'll know.
1: You'll know. So,
0: so, last time we were on the podcast, yes episode zero, yes. uh Virgil uh taught all of our millions of listeners about empathy and chickens, yeah, uh, and i uh and I described the case of the jumping Frenchman of Maine from the eighteenth nineteenth century, which doesn't um,
1: sound like what I thought it was, so you should go back and listen. here's a plug for our previous episode. you should go back and listen yeah.
0: Pretty cool, um we talk about the um the ethics of psychology. we talk about um the the nature of empathy in that episode, whether it is solely a human concept. I personally believe it to be that mm-hmm. Virgil was i don't know pretty iffy on the matter I, yeah I don't, I don't feel empathy, so i don't understand how it is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so so, yeah, that, that's where we're at. Um, Virgil, do you, did you do any more research?
1: Do you have any old business to attend to with so, Empathy
0: for Chickens? This
1: isn't so much um, new research as it is something I just had failed to mention. Is that back in 2009, about, uh, PETA tried to open a chicken empathy museum. In, uh, first they tried, I think, in like Nashville, and then they tried in Louisville. Louisville, you would know how to pronounce that word Louisville, better than I. Yeah. Um, but, the, but PETA tried to uh, convert, I believe, a, uh, a prison into a chicken empathy museum. So, you know, for those of you listening who thought I was, everything I was saying was a, a load of shit. Well, there's a lot of people who would disagree. A Virginia prison was planned to be transformed into Chicken Empathy Museum by PETA to raise awareness. Are we really ready? Are we ready to call PETA a
0: lot of people disagreeing? Because that sounds like hot garbage. It's a lot uh, more people than I, than I would hope. I'm, I'm all aboard with eco-terrorism, but I yeah. draw the line with PETA. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, if you're trying to mainstream uh, this and you're not even ready to blow up a chicken factory, then, like, what are you really doing? You know what I mean? It's like... I mean, I'm a Pacific northwester so you know what I mean. Yeah, I yeah, Greenpeace, for sure. PETA, no. No. I don't, need, I don't need Jenny McCarthy telling me that, first of all, mm-hmm. I, shouldn't wear, I shouldn't wear fur, and second of all, I shouldn't vaccinate my children, you know? Like, yeah. I don't need that. I don't need that smoke. We don't <laughs> need that smoke in our life.
1: And then to bring in chickens, it's like, oh my gosh, where does the, the oh
0: my gosh, where does the club
1: stop? <laughs> <laughs> and that's the kind of humor you'll be uh, experiencing. In Welcome this- to the Galian <laughs> Friendship Simulator. No, um, there was one um, more, one more quick thing about the chickens I yeah. want to bring up is that um, the unusual articles list on Wikipedia, where uh, we'll be getting a lot of our, our stuff, um, has a whole chicken section. There's a whole section that's for chickens. And so I'm just going to read what, what what's there. The first one, cannibalism in poultry. Um, oh, interesting. The second one, chicken eyeglasses. Tiny spectacles for chicks to stop them from seeing red.
0: Adorable.
1: Uh, chicken dance, which is something I think a lot of us are familiar with. Uh, chicken <laughs> gun, which is way more niche. <laughs> uh, chicken hypnotism. Chicken or the egg. A chicken sexer chicken sexer which is the thing that i went oh i know what that is a chicken powered nuclear bomb which is which might have to be an article for some other time i can't go to chicken articles in a row i just no you, you cannot <laughs> yeah I and wanna. then the last one is tastes like chicken which i don't even you know whatever but yeah yeah so enough. that's a chicken section of unusual articles
0: Pretty uh, in depth. i dig it
1: i dig it i like that and on that um, note i'd like to ask you anything more about the jumping frenchman of maine Well, yeah, this
0: is more of a just like a I don't know this this, I don't know if anyone's gonna find this interesting. I found it interesting. Uh, In in the the episode zero, I called the jumping Frenchman of Maine. uh, I said, "Oh, they're French Canadian." Oh no, actually, they're Acadian. And so I was, I was like, I knew that term. Yeah, from three hundred. Really know. Yeah, I really didn't know what Acadian meant, hmm. and so I went to the Wikipedia article on Acadian, and it turns out Acadian is a French diaspora term oh. for North America. A C A D I A. Oh, see, I the was thinking A K K, which is different. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I think, and I think that's probably pronounced a little. I think it's a cod, maybe. Mm. I don't know. Uh. I, yes, uh, the Acadians. Um, are not the Quebecois okay. who are a different group of the French, oh. but the Acadians are a group of French diaspora that have roots in the maritime colonies of Canada. Okay. Nova Scotia, right. You know, Newfoundland. et cetera, et cetera, Maine as well. But like 90% is in fact the Cajuns of Louisiana. So the Frenchmen of Maine and the Frenchmen of Louisiana in modern Mm. times are actually descendants of the exact same people.
1: That's why Cajuns are so jumpy.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, that is true. If you (laughs) want to watch a great commercial from the 1980s, there is a Ruffles commercial that had Cajun spices, and it's a Cajun cook going look at them ridges and it's the best uh you can probably search it by going to youtube and saying look at them ridges look at them I'll ridges yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll put it in the show link. notes yeah, yeah we'll, we'll put it in link. the show notes <laughs> we'll make it easier for you it goes it goes this 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 potato chips got everything onion tomato cayenne pepper so it's cajun
1: i, is, I love Louisiana. cajun is just like a derivative of the word acadian maybe Cajun? Possibly. I'm a Cajun? Yeah, it might be. It really? might
0: be. It uh, it's possible. They are very they're very clearly linked. I don't
1: know if the the you know, I don't know.
0: We're not, gonna have to not get not Harry, Connick,
1: sure. Harry Connick, Jr. We're gonna have to tag Harry Connick Jr. in this episode on Twitter and see man, what he says. Harry Connick Jr.
0: could play a piano. Yeah. Oh that yeah. man, I don't even actually know if he was very talented, but I think I don't know if there's anyone in the history of the modern United States who had women 30 years older than them so mm. in love with them. I As Harry Connick Jr. in his prime. Josh like Groban's the getting there.
1: Josh Groban's oh, getting there, but every yeah, time I, I wrong, see though. Josh Groban, I always think, "Oh, he ain't no Harry Connick Jr." I mean, for the moms. Yeah, Josh Groban is like watching. Like for moms, I expect it's like watching your son, you know, perform yeah, you're at like the like level a you right? hope. You always hope you're so talented yeah Uh, but husbands watch out for harry connie jr you know what i mean
0: oh yeah he also has like that slipperiness yeah yeah. absolutely act on it josh Mm -hmm. groban would be like oh you're so nice you know like he would never young boy i don't know maybe i don't know
1: who knows um all right well we should keep going (laughs) okay well that was wonderful um so i suppose this is the time when we uh, get right into it, unless there's anything new you want to talk about before we get into the meat and potatoes.
0: No, I mean, we're recording this um, less than a week until the uh, presidential elections. And uh, we probably could talk about that. It's going to be a four hour episode. Yeah. But yeah, but we, we also um, at the current moment have no fan base uh, and I don't, I think there are a thousand podcasts talking about the election, so we'll leave it up to them. Yeah, uh, my bold prediction is that uh, both Georgia senator seats are going to go Democrat, and will be decided night of the election. Won't go to runoffs. That's that's the uh, that's like oh. my bold prediction. Of the night. Yeah,
1: so, I don't have any bold predictions, um, but. You know I voted for some great young people for the local stuff, and um someone someone said something nice. they were like, "You know what's great is I think our generation is going to be very open to voting for someone younger in a way that's going to be possibly constructive, and I think that's pretty exciting. yeah, that's cool. I don't have anything funny or insightful to say about that, but that's cool. yeah, I
0: think it's nice this potentially is going to get uh, cut out anyway, so yeah.
1: Good. I guess then it's safe to say you know we're all f- we're all so fucked. <laughs> we're so goddamn fucked. Oh Don't worry, God. we'll cut this out. But we're we're so fucked.
0: Um, would you right, like? Well, you went first, in episode zero. I think I should go first in this one. I would like for you to go first. Uh, do you mind? I'm gonna go get one more beer before. All we right. Start. This is
1: this is where I'll do the ad. I'll do the ad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Tired of cooking shit. Fucking tired of cooking that shit? Well, you gotta go to a Ralph's or a Safeway or wherever your local grocery store is and just get a big old 24-pack of those uh, instant cup noodles. Buy yourself some sliced cheese. Maybe get yourself some Spam. You'll be living for years. Just text code BUTTBUTT30 but but thirty, and you will receive your Hello Fresh. <laughs> oh, fuck, they're not gonna be happy
0: with that. Yeah, I I did Hello Fresh once. It did taste like butt. So but um, thirty. Do you sponsor us, Hello Fresh? Please. please all right, you. you taste like butt. Thank um, you. All right. Cool. Well, um, we will go right into uh, my article. Our You're first. Uh, our, our my Wiki Hole as yes. we like to call it. Um, and so my uh, adventure started on a page called Men Going Their Own Way. Oh, that no. is the title of the article. Uh-huh. Uh, it uh-huh. is um, sometimes abbreviated, uh, letters spelled M-G-T-O-W, or
1: mi-tau Migtow. Oh, I don't like I don't like that there's um abbreviated associations already with this. Yep. Uh so Migtow
0: is an anti-feminist oh. misogynist yeah mostly online community advocating for men to completely separate themselves from women and from mm-hmm. a society which they believe has been destroyed from feminism. Ah uh, Yep. That's an easy way to die out quickly. <laughs> yeah. No, well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Do they, it okay. is on its face, just completely ridiculous. Uh, but...
1: Um, you don't need to get into uh, it immediately. I just have a quick question yeah. right, right at the beginning. Yeah, sorry yeah, to Sorry to interrupt your flow here. No, 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 go for it. Is there is there any kind of discussion on how they would perpetuate the human species under these? You don't have to get into it. It is... That is less
0: clear. So basically, uh, so basically these guys, MGTOW Mm -hmm. is a, a movement Mm -hmm. in the realm of what is called the manosphere. Uh, uh, And the manosphere. So this has a Wikipedia art, like all this stuff. Yeah. And I, this is something I want to talk about, like in the context of this. So the manosphere is, um, like, largely, I think there are four main groups. The f- most common, I don't know, a lot of them are well-known besides men going their own win. But uh-huh. one of the most well-known is the men's rights advocates. Yes, I've, I'm um, familiar with this. So they're, like, the most, like, legalistic of them. They're the, kind of, like, the most buttoned-up professional of mm-hmm. these, like, movements. And they're, mm-hmm. their big deal is, like the fact that they believe that men are, uh, like, I don't know, getting the bum deal on, um, custody battles, mostly, like, law. So that's men's rights advocates. The second group is incels, who are the jihadists of the bunch. Yeah. Uh, the involuntary celibates are fucking radical, crazy, loveless virgins. Um, the third... Entirely its own flavor is the pickup artists. Oh no, uh, I thought that died in yeah. like 2007 or eight. <laughs> no, well, okay, so it, 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 I think it actually is very fascinating in the sense that this community started around that time, maybe probably yeah. earlier. It yeah. was mainstreamed because it was seemingly innocuous or similar right. to like mainstream interests, and then right. in reality, it's like the underbelly is just this like horrifying, awful, misogynistic. Like I mean, of course it was. We all knew it was from the beginning, but we yeah. liked the VH1 show. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah. uh it a, a, a wild, just like egg on face moment. I think. Yeah, it's some Tucker Max shit you remember that is he still? yeah written? absolutely yeah no tucker i remember tucker max i read that book when i was 16 and Did i anyone? shouldn't wait yeah because... you're right <laughs> <laughs> fuck man like horrifying um and so men going their own way is actually the fourth pillar of this manosphere oh, which okay. i didn't I know about uh, I had never heard of these people. They are so they are virulent men's separist, separatists, uh-huh. um, mo- uh, mostly online, obviously, yeah. uh, that believe and and really sprouting out of like libertarian philosophy. Like yeah, they believe so that that American government and culture has been so tainted by uh, yeah. feminism. Right. that that they have to just separate themselves
1: these are like uh, this is like not jordan peterson but the guys that ask jordan peterson questions at his events exactly so all right
0: so so this leads me to my first like i don't know semi-philosophical question okay uh that i when i read this article i was thinking about like uh, a lot i was like Is this actually something worth dictating as truth? Like this is an internet phenomena and Mm -hmm. this community is trying to create something that is like ideology, but it doesn't actually affect any material
1: or physical change. Like, how, I guess, my question is how is the men? how are these people different from the other three? Well, they
0: they they set there. I mean, to I guess make a bad analogy, it's like Mensheviks and Bolsheviks, right? Uh, like, like the there is there is theoretical differences,
1: right. but
0: the only thing is that like these people are this movement. Is it actually, so the online online craters the concept of political and social movements in the Mm -hmm. sense that like the men going their own way subreddit had 50,000 followers. What does 50,000 people on the internet actually feasibly do?
1: That's like 50,000, but let's see, that's 50,000 people who who are confident enough to, to click on, like, that subscribe shit, you know?
0: Yeah. and the but mo- the I imagine
1: t- there's, like, a lot of overlap
0: with the other three. There probably is. No, absolutely. I mean, people yeah. in the manosphere probably overlap all across. Although there is, like, a lot of, like, this group, this movement is, like, particularly... Diametrically opposed to men's rights advocates and um, pickup artists, because mm. these guys explicitly say that you should never, you shouldn't associate yourself with women
1: anymore. oh these like, are like these are like fun, like weird fundamentalists.
0: Yeah, exactly. They're 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 slightly different than incels in the sense that they are not like they're like it's a choice, I guess but they are men's rights advocates want, want to change the system, the legal system and pick up artists want to take advantage of women to right. like, I don't know, show their power or whatever. Uh-huh. Uh, but this group, but, but this, I go back to this though. 50,000 people online is meaningless. You know, think about like, right. think about that in terms of numbers of people. Yeah. Enacting real move, these people have this ideology has absolutely zero effect on the real world, besides one clear, dangerous thing, which is look like people who are radicalized under this belief. Right, that's carrying out like lone wolf
1: style. That's what I'm nervous about. Is is this like a gateway? Gateway to other shit because this seems like that shit where it's like it feels way more innocuous and almost in a like monkish you know borderline like benevolent self-sacrificial act of separating yourself for one reason or another um which then leads you to the other subreddits (laughs) you know what Right. Yeah, no, exactly.
0: I, I think that it is. I, I don't know. I think, I think that it is absolutely dangerous. And I th- it's absolutely, actually. So, all right. So I think the thing that I'm most interested by mm-hmm. this article is that I went to the talk page of mm-hmm. this article, right? Mm-hmm. And first of all, this article is edited, protected editing. So like, if you went okay. on, Almost yeah I can just... articles and you can't just go change it mm-hmm. and it is important that it says um the first sentence is men going their own way is an anti feminist misogynist, mostly online community like I went to the talk page and there are multiple people saying um I do not know much about men going their own way, but is it appropriate to address it as misogynist in the first sentence or should it be more neutral? Again, I don't know much about it. So I decided to ask. And then this person was like complaining that, uh, I have added other manosphere groups in my edit, but it was reverted in a short time in a quick manner. It had no hateful speech, no controversial section. Uh, uh, but it was still reverted. Uh, this seemed, uh, seems some to me an attempt of hate, threat, and violence to me is Wikipedia the property of some leftist propaganda. So, so like I, I mean, I hadn't really thought about this part of Wikipedia. Right. But this is clearly a movement that mm. I would argue has actually no bearing on the real world, and I think the first. Question is like, does it even deserve a Wikipedia page? Mm-hmm. But the second thing is the concept of neutrality and truth, right. right? In general, what does it mean? Because, I mean, imagine you're like some loveless online reactionary chud. Yeah. Who's gone all in on the men going their own way movement. Uh-huh. What you perceive to be the truth like the encyclopedic definition of the truth of your movement or whatever the fuck you want to call it is diametrically opposed to what is written on this page. Uh, that it's, you know, that it's misogynistic and dangerous and Uh anti-feminist. So like in that regard
1: is truth relative or I mean, for I me, know. it's like, this, this kind of starts to sound like some, you know, like, if a country has the word democratic in it, I go, sure. stay away. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. yeah, there's no better out for being an authoritarian regime than if you have to stick the word democratic into the beginning of your name, you know what I mean? This, this, and, and, and then we kind of spill into the larger thing of like... Oh no! Are we, like, are we about to talk about truth? Like, what is truth? Like, is
0: I do firmly stand by like the old adage that um, truth has a liberal bias. You know, like I think that that is true. Like, I I think that the the whole concept of especially in, in the United States where there are two parties and they're both fucking so flawed, like mm-hmm. dual sidesism is so immensely f- f- faulty, but it does lead us into this whole concept that, who who did, was it Voltaire that was like the brain in the vat concept? I don't yeah, remember. I thought who.
1: Voltaire was um, Candide.
0: Voltaire did do Candide. I can't remember who did. Who's, oh, Descartes. Who's brain and it's vats. Descartes. Descartes, it's Descartes. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Descartes, you know, the whole concept of brain in the vat, like, we are living on this earth Mm. with people who have a different sense of reality than us. Yes. Uh, You know, like I think QAnon is a perfect example and the Mm. internet is not helping. Like it's hurting us because you can find yourself experiencing a different sense of truth than someone else because of what you read on the internet, you know, hundred percent and And so this fucking movement seems so dangerous mm-hmm. and so not real in the sense that it is a bunch It is fifty thousand men who have probably had bad experiences with women uh-huh. who have found each other mm-hmm. and have formed some semblance of an ideology together. Mm-hmm that doesn't hold up in the real world. Now here's
1: here's here's something that's interesting though is to me like okay for example the word incel and even the use yeah. of, of the term men's right activists like it, uh, is already such a like trigger word right in our in our current Yeah, of course, time. of course. And if if uh our the current pressure cooker of America settled down to some capacity, I don't know how it would look, but let's say it kind of simmered down for a sec, are those other manospheres going to kind of adopt the men go going their own way moniker because it's mostly the same generally the same principles but in a more palatable sense that people like people that think more similarly to us might allow it to exist
0: i just think that none of their none of the manosphere is functional like I honestly yeah. the only functional the only functional ideology out of the manosphere is the pickup artists. That's the right. only one that has a future in this world. Like mm-hmm. men going their own way is like in many respects more ridiculous than incels because it it uh ideologies this idea that you can create your own society and like I'm- in a global world you can't you know
1: i'm the most down for the this though out of all of them because to me it's like i always think i always think people people that aren't gonna you know ideologically or physically help you know our society and civilization move forward can all go on a desert island and do whatever the fuck they want and to me, this is what it sounds, this is way more, way sure. less intrusive on my well-being. And, yeah, and, no, that's fair, that's fair, that's fair. It's uh, And it, from a humoristic a perspective, I want, I want them to do it, and I want them to establish an autonomous region, nation, whatever, that's only men, there's no women at all. And then I want to put, set up a bunch of cameras around and see what happens. <laughs> I, do I love, love that?: movie. Yeah,
0: no, it's still right. like I, I feel like this is like a long-standing concept of mm-hmm. like I don't know the, the concept like oh, if only my fucking wife wasn't around so I could drink beer and watch football, you know? <laughs> like, it's so stupid. Like, yeah, it's so what dumb. would a men going their own way of society even look like? Because that's the other thing about this, this particular group. Other of the men's rights groups or like the manosphere groups mm-hmm. will allow women to be like a part. And right. they're like, no women ever like right. never win it's like what what does that even mean like what are you possibly
1: <laughs> and, I don't and, know. and look so stupid dear dear <laughs> men going their own way and also listening to this podcast like yeah like i i assume the the impetus to go their own way started from a lack of getting weighed yeah
0: always and it's, i mean and, it's-
1: right and i yeah, think 100%. the word incel is hilarious because at least they're honest about the fact that it's involuntary yeah it definitely feels like well it's like i did not want to get laid anyway you know? <laughs> yeah. but just, and then it's going to be a bunch of dudes who are walking around on this desert island going yeah i didn't want to get laid either all right high five and then what are they going to do when they get horny is it going to be a bunch of dudes just like jerking off is it going to be prison rules well,
0: it sounds it sounds brutal. I mean, it sounds awful. I will say, um, my last wreck uh, in terms of like researching on your own of uh-huh. this whole world. Uh-huh. Uh, there is a shocking amount of content, mm-hmm. uh, like uh, non-ironic content on YouTube for the pickup artist community, <laughs> and it is so weird and so sad, and pathetic, and I, I don't even, th- I mean, like, there was, a, there, I watched a video of this guy ranking his top 10 pickup artists, and, like, <laughs> it's like sports. Fa- there
1: are 10 famous
0: pickup artists. <laughs> and he calls it, inf- they, I don't know, there's, like, there's all these terms, you know, it's right, just, it's course. just so weird. Negging, so negging weird. is
1: the only term that I'm familiar with.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I would imagine. I mean, I haven't watched or read anything about this, but I would imagine they don't like mystery
1: anymore because <laughs> he he showed all their secrets. They're like magicians, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and in the words of Pendulette, magic is stupid. So I think by the transitive of property of <laughs> equality,
0: pickup artists are so fucking stupid. So fucking stupid. Um, They're the dumbest, but probably the most acceptable to the real world. And men going their own way kind of is in the middle on both like dumb and
1: unacceptable you know i think a lot of women would agree with me when i say men fucking go your own way
0: go your own (laughs) way
1: um preferably somewhere that's not close to where we are um fucking do your thing for like 30 30 years you know and then all fucking Drink a bunch of Flavor Aid together and kill yourself. Yeah, dude. I think there's a great island
0: fifty miles west of Costa Rica. It's called the Isla Sorna. Perfect. Costa- Perfect.
1: Don't don't even There's some infrastructure already there. It's a bit of a fixer upper. <laughs> yeah. There's good wildlife. <laughs> um, I'm just gonna say I think that was a wonderful article for us to um just like call call the potential Petersonites that might come in and listen to this thinking this is like up their alley because we are two mask heteronormative dudes who are doing a semi-philosophical podcast i'm very nervous that those monosphere manosphere yeah that i really don't need them i don't need them
0: i would just say yeah i mean if you if you think this might be the right podcast for you but you also um uh don't understand the uh you know communal power of of
1: labor in politics and like you it's probably not for you you know yeah if if you aren't if you are struggling with the lack of getting laid and um feel that it might be someone else there might be someone else to blame uh this is not the podcast for you
0: if you think that there's no situation where a uh, murdering a scab during a strike <laughs> is un- is justified, then like
1: maybe this isn't the podcast for this you. This might not be the podcast for you. This might not. Be the
0: podcast. Yeah. At some point, we're going to have my uncle Willie on. He's going to talk about <laughs> how the Conigan family uh, is responsible for the largest scale scab killing in Illinois history. Wow! Uh, and
1: they got off for it. So, so yeah, get ready for the Heron Massacre <laughs> episode. <laughs> Um, all right well I guess it's my turn. My yeah. article is pretty short but pretty amazing. Okay, I'll I'll just get into. it. The title of this article is The Miracle of 1511. The miracle okay. of 1511, 1511 being the year.
0: The year. Okay, all so this right. This is a thing. Where,
1: yeah, people at that time. Were, okay. All right, um, wait, wait, wait I want to guess I, I want
0: to guess a little bit. I, I would love try? for you to.
1: I would love nothing more. All
0: right. 1511 strikes me as that it has, has to have something to do with the new world. That would be my guess. Okay. It has something to do with the new world mm-hmm. and that it has something to do with um, surviving a winter. That, that would be
1: like my educated guess. on that. That's amazing because I was so excited to say you're 0 for 2. You're 1 for 2. Um, oh, it, it, it does have this winter winter um, is wintertime, some wintertime miracles. Is it about we- Santa? Is about <laughs> Santa? <laughs> Santa would balk at this. All right. The miracle of 1511, or as it's known in Dutch as de snoopappen van 1511. And I'm sure I pronounced that incorrectly, and I can't wait for all Oh, that, that was, was good, man. That was um, it's really nice. Thank you. Wait, do it, again. Do, do it one more time, really quick. The snow popping van 1511. You know, of course, it's spelled S N E E U W. I did my best. Uh, the miracle Good of job. 1511 was a festival in Brussels in which the locals built approximately 110, 110 satirical snowmen. <laughs> That's the first sentence. Now, what, this, is, this is where the wiki part really got me. The words satirical snowmen are in blue. Oh, wow. And I went, oh, my God. I went amazing. Amazing. Hate to burst your <laughs> bubble so quickly. Unfortunately, it goes, to snowman. It, it goes to two different articles for satire and snowmen. I was really oh open there was a page for satirical snowmen because what does that mean? Yeah, um, no, that would
0: have been, that would have been nice. <laughs> uh,
1: it is estimated that more than half of the snowmen portrayed pornographic or sexual characters. Examples of snowmen built included a snow nun that was seducing a man, a snowman and a snow woman having sex in front of the town fountain, uh, and uh, a naked snowboy urinating into the mouth of a drunken snowman. There were also snow unicorns, snow mermaids, a snow dentist, and snow prostitutes enticing people into the city's red light district. Among the political snowmen created were a snow virgin with a unicorn in her lap that was built in front of the palace in Codenburg, which I may not be pronouncing correctly, the home of Holy Roman Emperor Charles V. This was all in protest to him being absent and instead living with his aunt Margaret of Austria. To me, that still doesn't explain any of why they um, did it. The miracle. I'm so, this is, okay, this is awesome.
0: There are, I'm, I've got like, like a thousand different things running in my head. First of, all, yes. uh, first of all, yes. First of all, miracle seems a little like like this is. I I love the idea mm-hmm. that the people in Brussels living in 1511 had such a nice time mm-hmm. building snowmen mm-hmm. that they talked about it for so long mm-hmm. that it came a Wikipedia article you know what I mean like that they're like they're like god 1511 was that fucking rocked did that not fucking rock I was... like did
1: you see the 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 girl with the unicorn in her lap <laughs> like we did so many snowmen and the commentary oh the social commentary that that scene yeah, yeah. you know did
0: that motherfucker he spent the winter in Vienna you know like yeah,
1: that is piece of shit. so rad Um, Over a hundred snowmen made all by the locals, and there was some class... Okay, hold on. So that was the first paragraph. (laughs) Let me continue (laughs) with the second paragraph. Before the miracle, there had been six weeks of cold weather. Combined with mass population growth and a large wealth discrepancy between the peasants and the ruling house of Habsburg, the locals decided to use the snowmen as a form of protest. Mm-hmm. And the different socioeconomic classes each constructed different kinds of snowmen. So, uh, a lot of the pornographic and uh, lascivious snowmen were built by uh, the poor.
0: The and, and,
1: yeah, yeah and, but because they were all snowmen, the poor would destroy snowmen built by the ruling classes. Hell yeah. So it was a yeah, very, like, in-the-moment, in active, like yeah. No violence. All, all artistic. Uh, and, and eventually, the miracle concluded when, get, wait, guess, guess, guess when it concluded and why. Well,
0: I think the why has to be because the sun came out. Right? You're absolutely right. Like, it has right. to be that it got warmer.
1: Eventually, the miracle uh, concluded when the snow thawed during the warm following spring. Which and that's led- it. That's just yeah. it. that's the, <laughs> which Jesus led Christ. to flooding in Brussels. I
0: I had never actually um, been jealous of life in the past. Like mm-hmm. I'm like absolutely like a like a firm hardened progressive and futurist in the sense I'm like, well, every single day has to be better than the day before, right? I am legitimately jealous that sounds that chill. I wasn't like a middle class person living in 1511 in Brussels. That sounds chill as fuck. Yeah. That sounds fucking bad.
1: Being, yeah, being of like the merchant class, being able to appreciate the uh, artistry of it all and then also get a little extra oomph from like seeing, you know, the lower classes just destroying the, <laughs> the snowman of the upper classes to make a point. Um, that would rock yeah that would fucking rock. And here's here's the kicker that really just makes it the miracle later that month when the water was all gone the king of france donated a thousand gold coins to the town they got they got like a benevolent donation from french aristocracy for does that me, ruin it
0: for you it no no it's nice just, but for just for being good at snowmen, yeah. like that.
1: For being good at snowmen, possibly sticking it to the Roman Empire. Who knows? This this does like I I feel like
0: this whole this thing like goes against. There's a very clear, maybe it's just in my head, but like a clear concept uh, that things are frivolous and decadent now. Mm-hmm. and like things in the past were important you know mm-hmm. like people knew stuff in the past people like and this goes directly against that the idea that like this is a wikipedia article about some like fucking the most frivolous like time what what is the opposite of timeless i don't even know like it like it's just an absolute momentary thing mm-hmm. that is Now, forever remembered because of Wikipedia. It's weird. The world of today
1: Mm
0: -hmm. is constantly thought of by Mm -hmm. myself and the world as Mm -hmm. decadent and frivolous and meaningless, right? Mm -hmm. And it is particularly nice to hear a story in 1511 in Brussels, Belgium, that is... More frivolous and decadent and meaningless mm-hmm. than anything that I can imagine has ever happened in the united states i yeah but and, and in a way that 's really just nice it fucking rocks no it yeah. fucking rocks it fucking rocks because it it shows you that humanity is not like i don 't know like the, the Mike Judge idiocracy concept. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't. I don't buy it. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I don't think that that is true. I think that I think that the internet has thrown a whole wrench in people because, as this podcast is quick to point out, have the access of the entire world of inter- information right. at its feet. You know, like mm-hmm. at its at its like fingers. But I don't. I think that we're the same people we were
1: 100, 200, 300, etc. cetera. Yeah. Years. I, I totally just, feel you on that. Like the, the use of the term miracle for this really shows me a lot where it's like that, that shit put those people on the map. Yeah. They fucking loved it. They loved yeah. that so much yeah. because, because nothing
0: actually miraculously happened. No. They just had such a good time. They called
1: it a miracle. That was the miracle. That's so
0: rad. Is that that that
1: rocks? All classes were invited to participate, and the lower classes emotionally triumphed a little more, and then they got a thousand gold coins for it. It flooded Brussels for a bit, but
0: it's like our, it's like it's like us saying like our winter quarter sophomore year was so fucking rad you know in
1: college like yeah it's just like like, it was just oh man
0: dude the campouts for those ucla basketball games were so rad like that is the equivalent of them saying these these snowmen are so cool and good we you know
1: we fucking did that
0: (laughs) we we made this do you see what an expression on the gentry And the monarchy this is, we're doing this.
1: And like, and like, meanwhile, they're like, you know, Peter did the one where uh, there was the kid pissing into the dude's mouth, which we might have to talk about on an individual level. But in the greater context of things, man, Peter, you really fucking nailed that one. Honestly, Peter, the, the, the cheek definition was pretty incredible oh, on the incredible. drunk guy. I'll be honest. And how did you get the, the urine stream to stay? <laughs> you know that is incredible. I I hope I wish there were photos of this. Yeah, seriously. That'd be yeah, but I think that's it was a form of protest that, to a degree, worked. Um, in the sense that it, it, you know, there was some positive outcome for the people that did it. And uh, there was a, a, a poem by the Dutch poet Jan Sminken. Oh, okay, I would love to hear it. He wrote a poem about the miracle called The Miracle of Real or Imaginary Ice and Snow. I don't know if this is the whole poem, I don't think so. In the Rosendahl, a wonder was to be seen. A huge plump woman, completely naked. Her buttocks were like a barrel. Her breasts were finely formed. A dog was ensconced between her legs. Her pudendum was covered by a rose. The coffer beneath the rose, once you taste it, causes many a man to lose his silver plate. Jesus Christ. Yeah, so this, you know, this that's this some art art changing the world right here. I guess you could say that. I I thought when I saw it, I was like, "Damn, this is this is some shit that Nicholas would love." I dig it. I dig it because I think
0: that um, you know this honestly, weirdly ties into the jumping friendship of Maine. Mm. We don't we don't highlight little moments enough. Like the only thing that matters is the big moments, and Mm -hmm. like even those are like few and far between. And so like. We know nothing. I, I If you asked me about the year 1511, I would know fucking nothing about it. Nothing. The only thing that would matter to me is, like, the colonization of the new world. Like, Jamestown. Yeah. I'd be like, maybe Jamestown was happening in 1511. But, like, that's so cool. People living their life. People yeah. in 1511 just, like, fucking vibing, man. Yeah. Like, that is cool and good and important to know. Because... We continue to just live our lives
1: and vibe that's that's the intent that's the yeah, intent. that's the goal you know that's the goal. I would love nothing more than for in like forty years if there's something I'm not down for in my in my town that I end up settling in um to start another snowman protest and and just you know give give my town, give my neighbors a little something to believe in do you think that the weather has changed to a point that i don't think
0: that you could do the snowman protest even in brussels anymore. Yeah, probably, yeah, and then in the next. This is a plug, this is a plug for climate change right now. I yeah. hope you're
1: listening Rick Santorum. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Rick Santorum specifically. Um, yeah, you specifically. Yeah, Rick Santorum, he made it through he made it through all the man- manosphere stuff. He was like that's not me. But this yeah. is the point where he's like, "No fuck that." no we're we're no hey we got we have snow every winter what are you talking about (laughs) you don't think there's snow anymore mickland uh
0: well that was cool uh do you have any do you have any
1: media recs that you might have for uh Um,
0: the past week or so
1: i'm uh i've been recommended the nexium documentaries i haven't seen them but I've been recommending so, the Nexium documentary. I've heard it sucks,
0: to be honest. So I've I, on Twitter at least, I don't know. Right. I haven't actually
1: heard from a single person I know. So what's interesting is I've heard that it ends in a way that's like, first of all, doesn't really highlight the troubling nature of this kind of thing. Doesn't really highlight the victim's experiences as much, that kind of stuff. Again, I haven't seen it, so I can tell you. But yeah. I've had multiple people say to me like i've seen a lot of cult documentaries you know i always and i always think like how the how the fuck do these people get sucked Mm. into this kind of thing um but this one i was watching the first episode and like i kind of felt like holy shit if this was how it was presented to me like i could definitely buy into it and this is from people who who i would never worry about interesting including including my sister who's like pretty well read on like spirituality versus you know like rationalism kind of stuff and all this stuff and she would never she's not someone who would even find this kind of documentary interesting and she was very half joking like jokingly excitedly being like i was pretty surprised at how legit it felt in the first episode like i could i could see myself just like one day going, holy shit, I'm I'm a part of this now. You know what I mean? Interesting. Interesting. So my recommendation, hopefully, all the millions of listeners we have, they can go through this journey with me where, you know... Yeah, watch it together. Yeah, after the first episode, I'm going to be like, holy shit, thank goodness I was not around. for it. But I also don't want to come off like the kind of person who's, you know, tendency is to join these things. I'm very much someone who... Believes in uh, the Buddhist tenets the most, but can't trust any Buddhist organization. (laughs) So that
0: seems like the best kind of Buddhist.
1: I think that is, Uh, and that's kind of what Buddhism, and that's kind of what everyone teaches. Yeah,
0: it's kind of the point of Buddhism, right? Yeah, Yeah, it's just like like, don't listen to everyone. uh, Well, I have I have one rec uh, that I watched in past week. It is uh, an evening with Tim Heidecker. Oh, I love Tim Heidecker. Yeah, he fucking rocks.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, Tim, as in uh, Tim and Eric's. Yes. What is is it? Tim and Eric's Eric's? awesome show, great job. Awesome. Yeah, awesome show, great job. And uh, so he just released a stand-up special. Wonderful. uh, That is, uh, he is playing a character that is like a hacky, middle-aged, like, conservative comic <laughs> and it is it. so fucking good like oh it God. it honestly makes you like rethink all stand up entirely oh amazing i want that yeah it, it it's incredible and it's on youtube it's free on youtube oh wow nice uh and it's uh, i i i was inc- amazed by it all i mean he's so funny i already knew he was funny but like so funny hit the bit the fact that he can keep a bit going for almost 90
1: minutes i I don't there are very few people like him that can do that i really like i'm afraid to know his brain like what do you get when you really hang out with him do you ever watch the comedy that was the movie he did it's just called the comedy it's like no i haven't seen that super like og 90s like brooklyn hipster you know what i mean James Murphy from LCD Sound System is, like, in it. Eric Wareheim's also in it, but there's a lot of, like, super hipster shit. But it's all, like, about the ennui of, like, <laughs> like existence not mattering. Individual existence. Yeah, mattering. yeah, yeah, So it's, like, them doing some, like, crazy funny bits from, like, the saddest nihilistic perspective. Yeah, that, that dude fucking, he's, yeah, he rocks. I'm gonna have to watch that. Well hey, I think this was another great episode. Yeah, another great episode one. Episode
0: of the Hegelian Friendship Friendship Simulator. Simulator.
1: Thank you. Working title. Working title. Working title.
0: Uh, Thank you all for listening.
1: We appreciate it. Yeah. We love you guys. Yeah, and if you like it, please let us know and please let other people know. And if you like it and you have connections, like fucking Yeah. Absolutely. Strong finish.